Hey, how are you doing? My name is Dean Dwyer. You are listening to Unrecognizable. It's a show where essentially I am teaching you what I believe to be the greatest skill that we have never been taught, uh, which is the ability to change our own behaviors and specifically our worst behaviors so that we can become the best most amazing version of ourselves. And today's episode is brought to you live in my father's car. I am, so as of this recording, it's December 23rd, 2021. I am uh, up at my folks for Christmas and I'm staying at my father's right now. And I'm sitting in his car because he is currently in his house And even though there is a downstairs basement, I am always self-conscious when I'm doing these things and there's other people around. And I'm not the same. I'm not as loud and as obnoxious as I normally am when no one's around. So I thought I need, I just need my own little place that I can carve out my own sort of space so that I can be the big goofball that I am. And uh, hence, I'm in the car. It is minus 13 degrees outside right now. Uh, Celsius, by the way. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Uh, It's cold. I always say, now of course I'm from Toronto, I say there's Toronto cold and then there's Sudbury cold. Sudbury cold is cold. Just to give you an example, even their water is colder. Their cold water is colder than Toronto water. So one of the things I do at the end of each shower is I I crank it to right to the end to cold and I do three to four minutes of just a cold shower. Now, uh, when I do it here in Sudbury, it, first of all, it, the the difference in the 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 cold water is startling. But when I get out of the shower, I look like I've been burned, like I've got a serious sunburn. My skin is all red. That's how cold it is. I don't get that when I'm doing a cold shower in Toronto. So. It is cold, my friends. It is cold. And uh, one other thing that I'll add before I jump into into today's episode is for the first time since this whole COVID thing has been hit, um, I have been in close contact with somebody who, uh, who has been exposed to COVID. So my niece just got a message yesterday that a friend of hers that she hangs out with uh, she's been there the last couple of days. They've been doing Christmas stuff together. Uh, he had, he's, he just, uh, been diagnosed with COVID. So I found that out yesterday. So she, they had, uh, her and her mother, my sister, they have a, a rapid, uh, COVID test kit. So she tested negative yesterday. She's going back again today to get tested. So, um, I've been wearing my mask right now. I'm fine. Um, I do not plan to get COVID. I know that that's not how it works, but I figure first and foremost, I will uh, uh, just set it in my mind that COVID is not welcome in my body. And we'll, we'll uh, but we're going to wait. Uh, I, um, I'm actually wearing my mask whenever my dad and I are in close proximity in the house. I am, uh, I'm wearing my mask right now just to keep things safe. So the next three or four days, we'll, uh, we're going to uh, exercise an abundance of caution. Anyhow, today's episode uh, is what I'm calling the life-changing magic of weighing yourself every day. And I know the scale has, um, I don't know the best way to phrase this, but it, it's th- there are 
uh, a lot of people feel strongly one way or the other. And uh, what's interesting and where I feel I add some value to this conversation is I used to be the extreme opposite. For the first 53 years of my life, I truly believed that no one should weigh themselves, that I thought that the scale was evil, that it just, it really just sort of put people on emotional tilt. Uh, And there's no better story to illustrate that than I think I was probably about 50. And uh, I was pretty heavy. And I thought, you know what? I need to start weighing myself because I don't even know exactly how much I weigh. So I went out and I bought I bought a really nice scale. I bought one of those withings. It was like $180. So I get home. Now, by the way, I'm going to tell you what I did. And then I'll, I'll also sort of, uh, as an unofficial lesson, I'll tell you what I should have done with this and what you should do if you decide that if you're presently not weighing yourself, that you should do this too if you decide to pick up the habit. So um, I got home. And in my head, I thought that I'd be about 182 pounds. That's what I, what I thought I would be. In hindsight, I think that was really what I wished that I was going to come in at. But that's what I thought. So I get on the scale. I'm 194 pounds. And, you know, you're, my heart just kind of sank, right? It's just like, oh, crap. So, of course, the first thing you think, like, you know, it's almost like disbelief. It's like, oh, the scale can't be right. Like, I can't be 194 Anyway, wasn't willing to really accept my reality. But I, um, so it was also a Wi Fi scale, and I had an iPad, and I couldn't figure out how to get it to sync. Anyway, I I kept the scale for a couple days, and then I brought it back. I said I brought it back, but I told myself was I brought it back because I couldn't get it to sync to my iPad. But the truth is, the reason I brought it back was because. I was not emotionally prepared to deal with the number that I was seeing on the scale. And so I brought it back. Now, I will tell you what I should have done, and this is what you should do. If after listening to this episode and you're presently not weighing yourself and you decide that you're going to make this investment, and I think you should, and I'm going to give you six reasons why I think you should, um, here's what you do. First and foremost, before you get on the scale, is you need to come up with an accurate estimate of what you think is going to show up on that scale. But here is the part that I didn't do, is you also need to examine what happens if you're way off. What if you weigh far more than you thought, right? Like I didn't anticipate the fact that like I could weigh, like what if you're 10 or 15 or even 20 pounds heavier than you think? How are you going to navigate through that? And I I didn't do that part of it. And so because the number was so much higher than what I thought, I was emotionally and psychologically unprepared to deal with that. And it it, it sort of crushed me. You know, I'm going to put that in quotation marks, right? But, you know, I think from an emotional standpoint, it just sort of deflated me and kind of defeated me. So that, you know, rather than pick myself back up and say, okay, this is my reality. And from now on, you know, I'm going to start, you know, this will be my starting weight and this is going to guide me, you know, moving forward. I didn't do that. Now, the other reason I didn't do it was that I actually didn't have a plan in place of what I was actually going to do to lose weight. I just thought, well, this, you know, maybe this is a good first step. Anyhow, that's not what today's episode, I didn't actually necessarily want to talk about that. What I did want to talk about, though, are I'm going to present six reasons why you should strongly consider weighing yourself and why I believe now that the scale is magical. 
And I also mentioned, I feel like I'm, I'm qualified to talk about this because in 2012, I wrote my first and only book, which was called Make Shift Happen, Change How You Look by Changing How You Think. And in that, and I think it was chapter 17, I can't remember what chapter it was. But anyway, the title was Smash the Scale, that I truly believed that you shouldn't weigh yourself. And I said, in hindsight, what I realized is I was projecting my emotional bias onto my readers, right? By telling them that they, basically what I was saying was, I didn't have the emotional fortitude to deal with the number on the scale. Therefore, you should not weigh yourself either. And that all changed. So when I started my successful body protocol, so again, July 19th, uh, 2019, right here at my father's place. I was at my father's when I, uh, uh, day one, when I started, when I started this. Um, I, I actually didn't, I wasn't weighing myself then. I was about six weeks into the journey. I still felt the way I always felt about the scale. But about six weeks in, I knew I was losing weight, but I had no idea how much I was losing. And I thought, you know what? This is actually not smart. And my initial reason for buying the scale, and this is the first reason that I'm going to share with you. My initial reason for buying was I thought, I need to teach myself emotional and mental resiliency. And here was my rationale for this. If I can't deal with the number on the scale, how the heck am I going to deal with all the other pitfalls that come with trying to transform your weight? Like all the other things that you try and, you know, with, whether it's the fasting or anything else. If I can't deal with it, it's just the number. That's all it is. It's just this number that flashes up that my eyeballs see. And it's like, if I can't deal with that, how the heck am I going to be able to deal with anything else? If I can't deal with that, how am I going to deal with any of the other super emotional, tragic things that happen in our lives? It's like, it's such a small thing to be able to learn how to navigate. But I realized like that's the first step in sort of building uh, resilience on this journey is I need to learn how to be able to get on the scale and teach myself how to be okay with the number that shows up, that, it, that, I, that I don't end up reacting emotionally to it. And so that was my first reason uh, for doing that. And, and by the way, I will say this. I still get on the scale. So today is day 888. I still get on the scale where some days I feel like, um, like my weight will have gone down. And I get on it and it's gone up like 0.8 of a pound. And, and I will still, uh, like it, this happened last week. I got on the scale. It went up when I actually thought it was going to go down. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, really? Really? It's gone up? But the, the thing is, is that I catch myself very quickly with that now, right? So even though there is an emotional, so it's not like I'm not an android, I still react, but what I very quickly can do now is like, okay, you know, it's like, what does this mean? You know, what does it mean? And and what I, again, what I've been able to do now is if there is an emotional reaction, it's a very, very short one. And then I am able to sort of very quickly shift into a very rational sort of critical thinking mode in terms of what it means, if anything, right? Usually it doesn't mean anything at all. Usually... Um, Actually, and I'll get into this in a couple other points. So that's the first thing. And I think it's 
it's it's super important for uh, this journey that that's the easiest and lowest level to get into to begin building sort of emotional and mental resilience. So there's reason number one. Number two is it provides accountability. Now, this is just a Dean bias, so you have to take this with a grain of salt and decide whether or not you feel this has any value or not. I am not a fan of using other people as my form of accountability, and I'll tell you why I'm not a fan of that, because it's not sustainable long term. First of all, it is unfair to basically unload my responsibilities onto other people and say, hey, make sure that I'm doing this. Right. I just I I don't like that's unfair to other people. And it's not sustainable because those people are not going to like what basically what you need to have happen is that they need to be in your life for the rest of your life in order for that accountability uh, to work. And it again, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like we you know, it just it that's just not sustainable long term. So I've never believed in that as a I think it's a good starting point if you need help at the beginning, but knowing that the idea is to transition out of that. Like I think it's the same thing with coaching, right? Like coaching um is a great first step, but the goal should always be um that you can transition out of it and you can begin to, you know, have self accountability. And so one of the ways that I do that is by uh, weighing myself every single day, right? It holds me accountable because the the problem with weighing ourselves is it's great when we're losing weight, but it's when we make mistakes that we don't want to get on the scale, right? Those days where you go like, oh man, I totally overdid it yesterday and you don't want to get on. And those are the days I'm like, dude, these are the days you have to get on because I have to see what the results are. I need to know the impact and the damage that I've created with this eating mistake that I made the day before. So number two for me is accountability. It, 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 it holds, you know, my feet to the fire, even though it's not really the fire, it's the scale. Yeah, I know it's a silly. I think I was trying to turn that into a joke that landed poorly. Uh, so number two is accountability. Number three is it's scorekeeping. Right, it allows me to keep score, and this is, um, this is something that again I think we greatly misunderstand. So one of the things that I do, and, and let me just quickly backtrack because I probably should have alluded to this: weighing myself is my first um, of my ten essential habits that I do every single day. So essential habits for me are. Uh, what I'm looking to do are the smallest number of things that are going to have the greatest impact on my success. And I cap it at 10. So I have 10 things that I'm going to do. Weighing is the first thing that I do every single morning. And quite frankly, it's the easiest thing that I do. It requires no skill level for me to get up, to get onto the scale each and every day. Now it does require discipline. Now that's that's different, and it does it does require emotional um, and mental resilience. But I don't have like it doesn't matter what my skill level is. Uh, there, there's no barrier to entry. Everybody can weigh themselves every single day, right? But you know we have this, or sorry, and so that's the first of my ten essential habits. Every essential habit that I have has to be measurable somehow. I need to be able to measure it. 
Some of them are simply yes or no. Did I do it? Yes or no. Did I do my journal today? Yes, I did, right? Did I, you know, so, so, and others, I have numbers on them, right? For fasting, uh, the goal is that uh, it's at least 16 hours a day and I can easily measure whether I've, I was successful with that or not. With walking, I have to walk three kilometers every single day. Again, easily measurable, but everything that I do has to be measurable. And some things are difficult to measure, but that's the challenge with this journey is to sit down and say, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to go about measuring this? So keeping score is really, really important. And if you look at experts, experts in their field, and I'm talking any field, they keep score. They have a way of creating superior performance. They're not just doing stuff. Right? They're not just saying, like, they don't say, yeah, yeah, I eat healthy. It's like, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. People say that all the time. I, I, I was reading a comment the other day. Some guy was talking about, you know, I'm eating healthy and I'm exercising and my weight's not going down. I'm like, you've, you've said nothing. Eating healthy, first of all, what we think is healthy is not healthy. And it's like, you've got no numbers there. You're not, you're not throwing out any data to actually be able to indicate whether or not what you're doing is, you know, is, is in line with what you should be doing. So we have to be, we have to keep score. Right. And a couple of examples, I'll use non weight loss examples as sort of keeping score. I use this example all the time and I love this example. Right. Stephen King, highly prolific, hugely successful writer. He writes 2000 words every single day, except for Christmas Day. So I guess in two days he won't be writing. He'll be writing zero words, zero words. Enjoy your day off, Stephen King. But he keeps score. He has a way to keep score for him. His success is based on 2,000 words every single day. Um, you know, when you look at, for example, by the way, I'm, I'm, I said I'm sitting in the car here and I did write down another example and I cannot, uh, I can't read it. So uh, that was it. There's one example. But every business, right? Like, like Apple, <laughs> Apple doesn't report their, you know, to their shareholders, doesn't report their quarterly income by saying, listen, we don't track numbers, but we think we had a pretty good month. We're not tracking our expenses. We're not tracking our revenue, but we think we had a good month. Like, could you imagine that that's how they reported their quarterly, you know, their quarterly reports, their quarterly income? Like nobody would invest in a company like that. We need to see numbers. The most successful People and companies in the world are data nerds. They keep score with everything. So it's really, really important. The weight is your way of keeping score. Uh, Number four is that if you start weighing yourself every single day, what it's going to start revealing is pattern recognition. And I'll share an example with you that, uh, that, like, without question for me, the greatest correlation that I have found with my weight is it is directly tied to the number of calories I consume. The more calories I consume, the higher my weight goes. And you know what's interesting for me, and I think a lot of people would misunderstand this or might find this surprising. So, um, 888 days, no sugar. I do not eat any junk at all. I eat a super clean um, meal. I know exactly how many meals I'm eating a day. I know what my, you know, calories are supposed to come in at 
which by the way, doesn't mean that I don't overeat. And I'll get to that in a second. But I eat super clean. But even eating super clean, if I overeat, I will put weight on. And I can put as much as 10 pounds on just overeating great whole foods. So there's this myth that like, oh, if I eat healthy, I'm not going to gain weight. That's not true. Right. And so, um, you know, part of keeping score for me as well is also now this is not with the weight, but this is with my calories is that we all have a calorie threshold or what I call a calorie sweet spot. And I'm not talking about those stupid ones that, you know, where uh, a a website will say like, uh, well, if your weight, if you weigh this and you're this high, then your calorie total should be that. That is ridiculous. There is no way that you can throw a blanket statement out about like, yeah, if you're this and this, this is how many calories you, you should consume. It is a very individual thing. No one's DNA is the same. So what we need to do is is through trial and error is you need to figure out what your ideal calorie threshold is, your calorie sweet spot, as I like to call it for myself. So for me, what I have discovered, so for the longest time, uh, for the first eight months of my journey, I was consuming 2000 calories a day. Then I went on this ridiculous, in hindsight, ridiculous uh, experiment where I wanted to see how many calories I could get away with. And I went all the way up pretty quickly to 3000. And there's a direct correlation between the number of calories I consume and my weight. And when I start consuming fewer calories, my weight goes down. And so for me, um, I've been able to see that again, if I keep my calories between 2000 and 2200, my weight is exactly where I want it to be. When I go above that, my weight goes up. And it's the correlation is super clear. It is so easy to see that, again, my weight starts coming down when my calories come down. Uh, my weight starts going up when my calories go up. But by weighing myself, I can begin to recognize patterns in my eating behavior. So that is number four. Number five is uh, it kind of ties into the first one I was talking about with uh, emotional and mental resilience. But it also what it allows me to do then is it promotes rational thinking. Right. Is that I am not. Oh, sorry. First of all, I'll give you a kind of a funny or at least I thought it was funny example. By the way, I don't have my gloves on my hands freezing. Um, But I will survive, my friend. I will survive. But um, so there was um, somebody following me on Facebook and I guess I followed them because they were in my feed and they were on a sugar fast. And I think they were on day thirty three. And this person was furious that on day 33 with no sugar, their weight went up a fifth of a kilogram. Furious, furious. And I, I thought that's a, that's a good example. I kind of laughed when I saw it um, for two reasons. Number one, we assume that just because we're taking sugar out of our diet that our weight is just going to keep going down every day. Um, the thing is we were not calculating interest here. Like it, there it's, it's, there's no direct correlations with this. Like it's, it's, it, there's no guarantee that, um, you know, your, your weight's going to go down just because you've taken sugar out. And there is a point of diminishing return. I will tell you that in 2018, before I started my successful body protocol, I took sugar out of my diet for almost a year. Now, I didn't do anything. I, everything else I was doing was just stuff. Couldn't even tell you what I was doing. But I did take sugar out. And my expectation was that I thought I would lose some weight. 
And I wasn't weighing myself back then, so I don't know if I lost any weight, but I can tell you that it did not look like I lost any weight. After 361 days, I remember looking in the mirror thinking, if I've lost weight, it's like maybe a pound or two. So there's no guarantee. I think, again, if you have a lot of weight to lose, sugar's going to have a huge impact. But as you get closer to your ideal body weight, it plays less of a role. Now, that doesn't mean, I said, I still um, do not do not consume sugars, but not because I'm looking to lose weight. It's because of what I understand it does to my brain uh, and impacts my brain to prevent weight loss and leanness and movement from happening. That's a, that's a different, that's a different podcast episode. So it, but what, what this weighing myself allows me to do is begin to sort of think rationally about what is happening, right? So I, I remove the emotion from the equation and then I'm able to look at the number and I am able to sort of figure out exactly what's happening. So for example, um, I've been running this experiment where, again, I'm keeping my calories to less than 2,000, uh, 2,200. And I know that over the course of a week, if I'm consistent with that in my fasting, that my weight will go down probably about a pound over the course of that week. Uh, last week, it didn't move at all. And uh, what it allows me to do is to sort of look at it rationally and say, hmm, that's interesting. It it should have, based on, on past data, it should have gone down, but it didn't. And what I wrote in my journal, which I really liked, actually, and it just sort of came out as, as I was thinking about it. But what I wrote was, my body has not yet caught up to my changes, And what was interesting was, I think I wrote that on Saturday or last Sunday. And then on Monday, I got on the scale and my weight suddenly dropped two pounds. Now, it dropped two pounds doing nothing different than I've been doing for the previous three weeks. Uh, But my weight just suddenly dropped two pounds, which for me is an unusual weight loss that I, I, I don't even know if I've had it like in one day to have a two pound weight loss. So that's that's unusual for me. But what is also unusual is I, I didn't do anything. Like I was doing the same things I have been doing for the last three weeks. And I, the way that I, I thought about it afterwards, I thought, I think my body's now caught up to the changes. And I have like, I was expecting, so after that happened, and this is all part of rational thinking, I thought, okay, be prepared for the fact that maybe this is something unusual and my weight's going to bump back up a pound or even more tomorrow. And it didn't. Um, and actually has continued to drop. So I think, you know, again, by thinking rationally, I didn't overreact. Um, I, you know, I'm able to look at the number and sort of speculate, you know, and with some solid reasoning about what I think is going on. And that helps guide my behaviors. And so that I'm not getting frustrated or quitting, you know, because, you know, I expected this to happen. It's like being patient and just knowing that sometimes, it's my body being my body, you know, and, and, and learning to accept all, you know, to accept that fact that by weighing myself every day, I'm also very aware of the fact that I can go three or four days in a row eating perfectly and my weight may bump up a little bit every single day. And it's not because I'm making any mistakes. It's just my body being my body. But that's what weighing on a daily basis for over 850 days, it gives me that ability to look at the numbers and respond to them rationally rather than like, oh, what is happening here? So that's reason number five. And then what I believe to be the most important reason 
to weigh myself every day versus weekly or intermittently is that it allows me to correct my mistakes immediately. And when I say immediately, I'm talking within a 24-hour period. So if I, as an example, uh, I yesterday I had <laughs> I had half a beer. Now I haven't had alcohol in quite a while, but I I split half a beer with my father while I sat across the room, <laughs> about twelve feet away from him with my mask on. Um, and uh, I don't know why I'm telling you that story now. Oh yeah, sorry. So um, you know, again, it's one of those things where I know alcohol in excess. Uh, will have an impact on my weight and and on my on my eating behaviors, right? Because as soon as alcohol just affects our decision making, but I was also able to conclude just from yesterday by weighing myself today, half a beer is not going to do anything to my weight. Now I'm not looking to. That doesn't mean like oh good, I'll have half a beer every day. No, no, I, I still I only have it five or six times a year. But um, what if let's just say I had two drinks and my weight went up, I would immediately be able to say, yeah, okay, you, you, can't, you can't do that. Or if you do that, recognize that you, know, you may set yourself back a week uh, and it's going to take you a week or so to get yourself back to where you once were. But the, the, the most amazing thing about weighing myself every single day is I get to change course quickly. And I believe that, like for example, if you're only weighing yourself once a week or once every two weeks or whatever it is, you are missing, uh, like in a week, you can you can be off course just enough that it's too hard for you to get back on, that your weight has drifted, you know, you've missed some mistakes that you could have corrected six days ago. And as a result, you have just compounded seven days of, of mistakes. And for a lot of people, they can't recover from that. So weighing myself every single day, allows me to rationally begin to sort of look at the mistakes that I'm making and I can immediately put corrections in place that allow me to get right back on track so that I'm not, you know, setting myself back a week or two that I'm I'm I can get right back on track the next day. And that's the greatest reason um that I weigh myself. So those are the six reasons. I apologize. That was really loud there. I'm yelling. See this is what happens when I'm by myself is that, you know, I, I just, I'm out of control. I'm obnoxious, I think is what we could say. What are the takeaways for you? Well, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to generalize the takeaway. It is super important in any area of life to keep score. You have to find a way to keep score. And I, still, I know in some areas it's really, really tough, but we have to figure out ways to be able to, you know, like, the behaviors that we're going to invest in and how we're going to measure those. And um, again, the the scale is the simplest, most accessible thing that almost everyone has access to, right? If you can, if you can afford to buy yourself a scale, by the way, the scale that I have, I've been using now for three years. I bought it on Amazon. It was $32 total, right, for that scale. And, and it, it works brilliantly. Right, digital scale. I it's flat. I take it with me when I travel. It's super easy. Fits into my gym bag. Um, uh, but again, it's the easiest thing that we can do to just get daily feedback on how we're doing. 
And then you can you can incorporate other things in that are more accurate. I said, like a lot of people would argue like, you know, it's not a great measurement, but it is a great measurement because it will tell me whether or not I'm skewing in the right direction or not. So it's uh, keeping score is one of the most powerful things that you can do to change your behavior in any area of life. And, and you need to look no further than, again, any expert in any area. They keep score. You know, they, they, they have their meticulous data nerds. They've got data for everything so that they can make the best decisions possible on a day-to-day basis that align with what it is that they're looking to accomplish. That is it, my friend. I guess this is my Christmas version uh, or Christmas edition, sorry, of the podcast. Uh, Sorry, and I realize not everybody celebrates Christmas. I should be saying holidays. I'm very politically incorrect. Uh, Enjoy your holiday season. Um, Next week uh, will be just before 2022 comes around. And uh, I'll have another episode for you then. So be well, my friend. Enjoy your holidays. And uh, I'll be back next week.